Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> Welcome into the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host today, Brendan Glasheen. Today's episode, NFL Week 2. Best bets joining us each week. If you're with us last week, thank you. If you are new to us, welcome. Brandon Anderson, Luke Swain, a.k.a. Vegas Refund. They will be with us throughout the course of the season. A rotating third expert. And today, we've got Grant Niefer from Scores and Odds, scoresandodds.com. He will join us for our week two episode. The show five and four after week one. Shout out to our rotating analyst, Anthony DeBundo, who went three and oh. Dallas delivered on Sunday night football to put us over 500. As a reminder, you can follow each of these guys individually in the free award winning Action Network app for their best bets that they give out today and anything else that we do give out. So be sure to have a look at not just the bets they give out on this show, but anything else they might add for the rest of the week. Brandon, let's get started. Best bet number one for week two. All right. Well, you guys know I'm usually a sides guy, but today I'm doing three totals, three unders, in fact. So let me start with Cowboys Jets under 38 and a half. Week one was about unders, 12 and four to the under in week one. We saw a lot of defense and I think that's starting to be a theme. We get some kind of ugly football in September. Really, we're starting to see preseason football still a little bit, right? We didn't really play a lot of these quarterbacks and offenses and we're still catching up. The defenses are ready. And honestly, after we got that huge offensive explosion, we're seeing the touchdown rates drop. We're seeing the defenses catch up and start to dictate things a little bit too. So I got three unders today here. Cowboys jets. These defenses are about as good as anyone in football, right? We saw Dallas roll up the giants 40 to nothing. That's a team that won a playoff game and they shut them out opening day. The Jets hold the Bills to 16. They got four turnovers on Josh Allen. Both of these defenses have great pass defense. Both have nasty pass rush, really good corners. And then obviously, I got the bat signal out today, guys, because my Carson Wentz jersey, he looks good in green. Get him in for the Jets because Zach Wilson sucks. 
Zach Wilson is not good and a big part of the under here. And I wanted to figure out how do I bet against Zach Wilson? I don't think it's necessarily to take the Cowboys spread because maybe the Jets defense does what it did Monday and keeps things close. So I'm betting against Zach Wilson and kind of betting on the Jets by thinking their defense hangs around here. Zach Wilson in his career when the total is 44 below, which it is well below here, eight and four to the under. He's had 11 starts where the Jets scored 17 or less. So the Jets last year were 40 or below on a total in 12 of their 17 games, 71%. That's the formula we kind of saw on Monday night. I like, an, uh, usually if I'm playing a total, I like it because I see multiple outs. So maybe we get a Monday night football type game here. The Jets keep it close. It's that annoying defensive game. It's Mike McCarthy doing McCarthy things. Or the Jets just suck, and the offensive line is terrible. Zach is bad. Cowboys win big. 31-6. Hey, we're still under. So I like that here. And then a key trend that I'm going to be using in all three picks. Week two, unders. So when we see that the total is going to be low, week two unders when the total is 40 or below since 2004. 45, 16, and 3 to the under. 74% under hit rate. We have six games this week with, with a total of 40 or below. I'm going under on three of them today. So give me Cowboys, Jets, under 38 and a half to start out. I can't say I blame you going to the full game because there were some Jets team totals out there at just over two touchdowns. Now that number's dropped beneath two touchdowns. That's, that's risky business, I feel like, to bet on uh, the Jets to go under two touchdowns, uh, despite the fact that the quarterback sucks to use your uh use your <laughs> delivery there brandon so I, I i understand going to a full game and there are outs as you said luke what's going on first pick for you today please for week two so the common theme you're probably gonna be seeing across anyone who gives out picks or just yourself is the week two bounce back angle uh, which is very fair and very valid and it's really what i'm going to be doing as well but it is starting to lose some traction i think um, with Books, everything sports betting-wise becoming way more mainstream. Um, it never was a secret, uh, but I do think it is somewhat of the public side at this point, um, and it is not a quote-unquote as sharp an angle, an angle as it used to be. Um, with that being said, my first pick is going to be the Bengals laying three, hosting the Ravens. Um, and this one is the Bengals coming off of a blowout um, against the Browns, and I think the Browns defense is going to do that to a lot of people this year. Um, and the Browns defense is very improved. And Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason. He was coming off of uh, that injury that he set out a lot of the training camp. Um, and if there is a bounce back spot for anyone, this Bengals offense um, is dumb. Ravens are going to be missing two corners, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey. And mm -hmm. then on the other side, the Ravens are going to be without Linderbaum and Staley, most likely. So injuries are piling up for the Ravens. Those are all key guys. So you got a secondary that is weak against probably one of the better aerial attacks in the league. Um, and then you got a Cincinnati D-line who is coming in hungry, going against a Ravens O-line that is a portion of themselves normally. Um, so this is just a bounce back spot for one of the best teams in the league that is definitely a Super Bowl contender. Um, it is a divisional favorite. Uh, that is the one catch. But at the same time, this was three and a half. I thought it would be a little bit lower um, based off of last week. But at three, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take that. 
I'm also curious, Todd Monken still trying to install a new offense with the Baltimore Ravens and with the with J.K. Dobbins out for the year, they're, they're rotating yeah. backs now. Are, is Lamar at all tempted to just say, screw it, I'm just going to start running around? Right. Is there not necessarily infighting? It's too early to predict that. But do the Ravens get tempted to go back to their old ways because, well, Lamar is really their only true backfield option that is consistent until he gets hurt. So, and the one I forgot to mention my trend, which via Evan Abrams saw this this morning, teams off a double digit loss in week one are 32 and 16 against the spread in week two. All right. Very good. Grant Nefer, welcome to our best bets pod. Great to have you joining us. What do you got for your first best bet? So my first bet is really a bounce back spot, although not like he played terribly in the first matchup. It's Justin Herbert under 282 and a half passing yards. Um, he hit the under in first game, but I mean, they still put up 34 points. It was just, it was a fun game to say the least, but this number is just a bit too high. So Herbert, always a guy that think one of the best passing quarterbacks in the league, he's put up solid numbers, but he actually hasn't been great going all the way back to last year, or at least not great enough to justify this number. 282 is a lot. He's hit this under in five games in a row, going back to week 16, I think of last season. He does have a lot of offensive weapons, but we just actually got news that Eckler has an ankle injury, might be hindered, and why you might think that might make him rely more on the passing game, it actually means that the running game is going to be used more. I mean, they do a lot of dump-offs for Eckler. Eckler is a fantastic receiving back. Not that he even played into, came into play for this bet when I made it, but can only help. And if the yard to, if the number drops a few yards, then I'm still fine with that. But he said this under in 12 out of his last 19 games, I believe. He's going up against the Titans. The Titans are a team that are going to slow down the pace a little bit. 23rd in pace last year. They're going to give the ball to Derrick Henry a lot. They're going to run the ball a lot. Clock is going to be going for most of the game here, going up against Tennessee. And while they're not a good offense, they're not really going to have the ball in their hands a ton. The Chargers are a three-point favorite here, which just adds to the under being a better play. And so 282 is about 10, 15 yards more than I have been projected for, especially if Eckler doesn't end up playing. So I'm rolling with the under in this spot. And to your point, Eckler was the second leading receiver in that Miami game last week, had 47 yards, four catches on five targets. Herbert uh, passed for 229. So yes, Eckler matters to uh, that passing game for the Chargers. Brandon. And you teed this up before. You're sticking with the unders uh, for week two. What do you got for your second one? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the Texans this week, but this time I'm taking the under. Give me the Colts-Texans under 39.5. Look, we let off this season with Texans plus 10 against the Ravens last week. It did not go well for me, but I'm not that discouraged. Uh, They played the Ravens about even in yards and first downs. I thought the defense in particular was really good. The problem is, is the Texans could not score. The offense was in big trouble, particularly the line. They are missing three starters on the line. Josh Jones, they traded for. He's a very good tackle. They already have a very good left tackle. He's playing left guard, and he was not a very good left guard. We got George Fant out of retirement, basically, starting at right tackle. I am not pleased with the offensive line for the Texans right now. So uh, uh, C.J. Stroud, he was fine, but he's he's not necessarily ready to put up big numbers here. Texans scored nine last week. So I still like the Texans. If you're curious about the futures and all the Texans love that I've had, I'm still on it. I'm not hedging out. I'm not buying out, but I'm not going to double invest in. 
I think the under is the better play here because I do believe in the defense. I do like what's happening here. We have Anthony Richardson for the Colts, who looked pretty good, but now it's on the road. Now it is on the road in a road debut in a pretty loud stadium usually against a defense that I thought was really good last week, as good as I'd hoped they'd be. D'Amico Ryans had them playing well. Will Anderson was excellent, and that pass rush was getting through, but it's Lamar Jackson, so we didn't see a lot of results on it. I think that they make life difficult on Richardson here much more than the Jaguars did last week, a.k.a. not really at all. On the other side, Colts defensive line, DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, they played a really good game last week, and I think that's trouble against the Texans O-line. So uh, the way to hurt the Colts is pass on them. That's really not a thing that the Texans are built to do right now. I just don't see a lot of points in this one. So I, I would lean Texans here, but I'd rather play again like the other other game I said. I, I think the Texans can win with a close, low-scoring game or maybe a one-sided game. But either way, I'll just take the under and give me multiple outs here. So three of the last four matchups, these teams were at 40 or below. Texans scored nine last week. The Colts' offense scored 14. They had a defensive touchdown in there. It's not a lot of offense here right now. It's two rookie quarterbacks. It's a pretty easy read on that front. Week two, 40 and below under. Same as the trend I said last time, 74% there. Colts, Texans, under 39 and a half. Two rookie quarterbacks, and Brandon is aiming under. Makes sense to me if you just leave it at the two quarterbacks playing in just their second NFL game. Luke, your second pick for week two. It's my second one. I actually... Saw the injury report and flipped from a different pick that I had. And this one's going to be the Falcons money line. Right now, it is, I believe, minus 118. Um, And I do expect this one to continue to go up. Um, The line is one and a half at the moment, uh, where all week, the Falcons have been a small dog. Plus one, plus one and a half until Aaron Jones and Christian Watson are both trending towards not playing Sunday, um, which... I would definitely lean on the side of precautionary, especially with Aaron Jones and it being a hamstring. Um, and Christian Watson as well, which without those two, it really leaves the Packers with no explosiveness. Like they have no weapons. They have AJ Dillon, and Romeo Dobbs, who also is coming off of a hamstring. Um, and AJ Dillon, I just, he's just never been it. I don't think he is it. Um, I'm not worried about him at all. Jordan Love looked fantastic last week. Uh, but again, it's one week. It's week one against an awful Bears defense. Um, and now we're going on the road in, to Atlanta against a team that's definitely going to be able to run on them. Desmond Ritter, not great. But at the same time, Falcons' run game is great. And the Packers are a sieve up front. They give up rushing yards. And I just see this one without Aaron Jones and Watson. And honestly, quarterback is the only one that really matters in the end. But when you get a couple guys and they're two of your three or maybe four uh, offensive weapons. I just, I don't know um, what this offense is going to look like. And I don't think it's going to look good against a very improved Falcons defense. Brandon, this was your look ahead line last week when we concluded the show. Care to follow up on this one? Yeah, obviously I like this pick. Part of the look on the look ahead was in case the Bears beat up on the Packers by running on them and this line moved. And that obviously didn't happen. The Packers looked really good. But I think Luke nailed it here. Packers looked really good because their defense was leaving dudes wide open by like 10 yards, or the, the Bears defense was. So Jordan Love looked good, of course, but you're going to look pretty good when you can just dial it deep and hit guys in stride. So I, I think we need to see it against a Falcons defense now 
that really looked quite good in week one. Jesse Bates, we talked about him, two interceptions in week one. He was all over the place. And I think they're going to be a good test. And really, that run game is the key for me. Like Luke said, I think Atlanta will run all over this Green Bay defense. And that's why I like this one still. Okay, a couple of picks for that Falcons defense as well of Bryce Young. And look, I know Jordan Love's been in the league now for four years since he was drafted, but he's still getting uh, his first reps as an NFL starter to Luke's point. Grant, your second one, you're going back to the quarterback position, player prop angle. Yep, yeah, this is one that I got at 244.5. I think it's up to 251.5. I still like that. I think it should be at 265, 260 at least um, in this spot. And it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't know if they're not incorporating any. It just seems like a neutral game line to me. Uh, he's going up against the Chiefs, though. Chiefs, obviously, going to be a high-scoring affair. Should be a close game with a three-and-a-half-point spread. Should be high-scoring with 51-and-a-half-point total here. I don't see why they wouldn't let him air the ball out in this spot going up against the Chiefs. They're a below-average pass defense. Lawrence, now another year under Doug Peterson. Another year of experience. He should only be better. He didn't hit the over in the first game this season, but it was a weird matchup going up against the Colts with Richardson's first start and just the strange overall this spot. I, I, I'm I almost certain it's going to be a barn burner here. Like I see Lawrence having a big game, and we haven't even taken into account the fact that he has Calvin Ridley in the offense now. Ridley was solid in week one. He's one of the better pass catchers in the league, and people forget that because of his suspension. So Lawrence, positive matchup, high-scoring game, better receiving court than last year, another year of experience, and we're getting the line that he basically hit a 50% clip last year. So none of this really makes sense to me. So I really, really like the over in this spot. Quick thought on Chris Jones being back for the Chiefs. That would be my only question. It definitely hurts, but, I mean, he's not going to be fully ready to go because of the holdout. So, I mean, it's not great, but. Still, it's not the Chiefs' pasty is not at best their average, I would say. Um, but they're probably above average matchup. And because of the game pace, I'm not really paying too much attention to that. And I think there's a decent chance the Chiefs get out to an early lead here. And even if Kelsey doesn't play, then Chiefs, Mahomes can get it done pretty much anytime. Just disregard the last week matchup versus the Lions, where that was just one of the funnest games I've seen all year. Well, it's a short year, but I've seen it in a while. <laughs> okay, good stuff. The Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Snake draft style. We're going back to Grant. And your pick, your final pick, is related to Sunday night football. What can you tell us? Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. Dolphins going up against the Patriots. And this is an exciting bet. It's not one you're going to want to watch. But, I mean, (laughs) I find it exciting. I'm rolling with the under of five and a half rushing yards for Tua. Um, It is fun just watching every single play, like, don't scramble, don't scramble, don't scramble. But this is a high EV bet, in my opinion. Tua, well, early on in his career, first one, two years, he was in there. He was scrambling a little bit more. But we saw what happened last year. Multiple concussions. Like, they're worried about his health status. 
So I don't think they're going to have him running a whole lot. And that kind of shows last year since the beginning of the season, he wasn't running a ton. He only had positive yards, I think, five out of 14 games last season. And he only hit the over in four of those games. This first game of the season, he did brush the ball a couple of times, but still only ended up with five yards. I'm assuming he only gets maybe one carry on the ground. His median outcome, I think, is less than one carry. So five and a half yards for a guy that might not take a single rushing attempt the entire game seems too high. The Patriots are probably going to try and contain him a little bit. Yes, they have to worry about, obviously, Waddle and Tyler Reek Hill in this spot. But Tua's probably, in all likelihood, not going to rush the ball once. So you're just hoping that if he does, doesn't go for more than five and a half yards, plus the fact that they're likely going to be winning in this game, keep the ball on the ground, be a little bit more conservative, and potentially need the ball out at the end of the game. This line is just too high. I haven't projected to hit this under at over a 60% clip here. Yeah, these well, are the, these are the ones that are like the too good to be true ones where like everyone's like five and a half and you just want to bet the over. And like the lower the over under on a yard is like usually the better the under is where – I used to do it with Tom Brady all the time. And then yep. like the the under would hit at, with like the kneeing. Like he'd be over, like he'd get like two yards, then he'd knee it at the end of the game and it'd go under. Uh which it's insane to me that like kneeing is a rushing yard or minus one or whatever it is. But uh yeah, this one's fun. Yeah, that was like, always my favorite last year is taking Tom Brady under rushing yards, <laughs> having him sneak the ball in, get to one, and being pissed off until the end of the game, and he knees it back down to zero, and you got to win. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me add two things. Number one, I'm going to the game. So now I'm excited. I'm inclined. So I will be one that will watch, Grant. I will watch like you probably will because you're betting it. And number two, there was a moment, Grant, did he, like you said, he ran the ball a couple times against the Chargers. There was a moment at the end of that game on a third and ten where he hit Tyree Kill down the right sideline where – I think Tua's got some confidence now to step up in the pocket and not just completely run with it like a chicken with his head cut off and actually step up in the pocket and make throws off balance. So if he's got any of that confidence carrying into week two, I like I like the angle as well. Yeah, he so, could have I mean, run it on that. He could have run it on that play too, and he didn't. Um, he didn't. So. Right. So and, and it worked. So point being is, I think he's going to have some confidence to to step up in that pocket. Now Grant will probably be pissing his pants, but. Hey, uh, Tua's got confidence in that regard, at least going from last week to this week. Uh, Luke, your second, or pardon me, your third best bet, and we're going to go to Monday night. We're going to go with the Steelers as a two-and-a-half-point underdog hosting the Browns on Monday Night Football, which this is going to be a bounce-back spot uh, going against a Browns defense that just made the Bengals offense look pedestrian. Uh, but this one, it's it's really pretty simple. You have a divisional underdog coming off of a blowout loss last week, which we were on them last week. And it's just on Monday Night Football. And week one, usually the home teams are, they're really hyped up. And then when you see them go on the road the very next week, vice versa, um, you can tend to see somewhat of a letdown historically, at least from my perception. And the Browns just had a fantastic win, which all of these divisional games, week one, two, were crazy to me. Uh, but they have a second divisional game in a row going to Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, home dog, um, and then pick it. And this is purely, I don't know, conspiracy, whatever it is, but pick it like halfway through that game. Like he didn't look great. And I'm not convinced he wasn't concussed um, the majority of that game, which we would hope that he's okay. Cause he isn't on the injury report. 
Uh, but they're down Deontay. That's okay. They have other weapons. And uh, this is just a spot that you just take it in principle. Okay. So Steelers Mike, plus two and a half. Mike Tomlin, rah, rah. I know Brandon said this last week. He's better as a rah, rah dog later in the year. Last 20 years as a dog, Mike Tomlin, 53-31-1 against the spread, courtesy of Evan Abrams, our director of research. Brandon, you're on this game too, but uh, I think we're going to have a consistency here for your three picks. I am. I'll take the under. Give me the Steelers-Browns under 39. And man, I spent the last four days trying to talk myself into just taking the Steelers like Luke did. I I almost came here today with Texans, Falcons, Steelers, the exact same three picks I made last week, but I lost two of them. So I had to do something a little better for today. But man, my trends love the Steelers. The rah-rah spot, Stefanski's bad as a favorite, bad in the division. Luke, your stat earlier about teams coming off a double-digit loss. That one hits here. It all lines up for the Steelers. But then I watched the game, and I did not like Kenny Pickett, and I do not like that offensive line. And I do not like Matt Canada. Matt Canada, get out of here. Like, this offense and running what they're running in Pittsburgh, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And now you lose Deontay Johnson, who is a really important security blanket type receiver. I think that's going to make their passing game a bit more one-dimensional. And then you got Cleveland, whose defense was awesome last week. Their defense, I was very high on coming to there. I had them seventh in my preseason rankings. And man, they looked the part. Jim Schwartz. Has that defense flying around the field? He's moving guys into different roles than they've been. Miles Garrett like lines up at inside linebacker for a little bit. He's coming off the edge and going all over the place. The D backs there are really good. Cleveland held the Bengals, who were a lot of people's Super Bowl champion pick, to three points, right? Joe Burrow's worst game of his career, constant pressure. So I do not like this Pittsburgh offense, even in a good spot. I don't like them at home against the Browns, but. I don't like the Browns offense here either. Deshaun Watson, despite the easy win last week, I- I'm not seeing it. Like we got a he lot more out. of last year Deshaun Watson and not a lot of Houston Deshaun Watson. So now we're on the road in Pittsburgh in this division road spot and Jack Conklin, the right tackle out for the season. So now Cleveland will start a rookie right tackle, Dewan Jones, who I like. We got a rookie fourth rounder against, guess what? DJ Watt and Highsmith and all the guys from Pittsburgh, probably the best pass rush in the league. Watson eats sacks like it's lunch. So he's going to just keep getting sacked and under pressure all game long. I just don't see a lot of points here. This this is one of those like classic AFC North 13 to 14 or 17 to 16 or whatever. Like we're grinding out down toward the end. And while I have a lot of trends on Pittsburgh, I have just as many trends toward the under here. Again, week two, 40 and below, 74% to the under. We talked about that one, but primetime unders, we know that's been a thing. 60% to the under over the last four years. Home underdog unders, 61% to the under the last two years. Stefanski when the total is 43 or below, 69% to the under. Deshaun Watson, who remember, most of this is not with Stefanski, 42 or below his under, 78%. Lots of trends line up here. Steelers, Browns, average total the last two years when they've played is just under 41. I do have a little deja vu here. I believe about this time last year, I gave out a Monday night Steelers, Browns under and victory lapped and celebrated it. And then we had the most awful ending 
like woo-woo, touchdown right. walk-off that went over on the last play. So I will be waiting until after the game and all zeros on the clock to mm-hmm. celebrate when the Steelers win or cover by two and get Luke's pick and hit the under 39 against the Browns. Wow. I remember that now that you said that. And Same. Boy, I had forgotten. Just don't remind people. <laughs> and you, got, Those. you got chirped to death, and you it, really deserved it. I deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did deserve too. Steelers as a home dog under Tomlin, 16-4-3 and three against the spread. All right, gentlemen, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, our friends at Ticketmaster have got you covered as the official marketplace of the NFL. Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. We wrap, as we always do, with Brandon's look-ahead line. What do you got for week three? Week three, this one was super easy. Jumped off the page for me. Give me the Buffalo Bills minus five at the Commanders. Here's the case. The Buffalo Bills are minus five at the Commanders. What are we doing? What is this pick? The Buffalo Bills are about to roll up the Raiders and restore faith in them. Josh Allen doesn't turn it over four times every week, but he does like once every six weeks, right? We did the bad. Now we're going to get the good again. The Bills will be fine. Everyone will believe in them again. The Commanders are 1-0 and looked awful. They were so bad against the Cardinals. I thought they basically played the Cardinals even, who we all agree are the worst team in football. Sam Howell, I thought, was pretty terrible in that game. The, The offense didn't move the ball. I dropped the Commanders to 30th in my power rankings after a win. They're 1-0, and I dropped them to 30th. Five points, five and a half at some books is crazy. This line gets to six easily. I think seven. I wouldn't be shocked if it gets past seven, even as quickly as Sunday night. Last three seasons, the Bills, when they win, have covered this line 31 out of 39 times, 79%. They win big. They're going to win big here. Bills minus five at Commanders. All right, that is going to do it here on the Action Network podcast for our NFL Week 2 Best Bets episode presented by BetMGM. If you missed the full betting preview with Raybon and Stucky, that episode is also out now. You can tune in for our weekly recap episodes every Monday morning. Jill Gallant, Evan Abrams, they'll be on that show for you. That'll release first thing Monday morning. Don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all of the guys' picks so you can also track your own best of luck with your bets this weekend. For Grant Niefer, Luke Swain, Brandon Anderson, Brendan Glasheen, we'll see you here next time on the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.